Kids begin to learn money habits by age seven. However, one survey I read said that just one-fourth of kids, 13 to 21, actually learn from their parents. Okay, let's take a look at the disconnect. Kids can learn good money habits as early as seven. However, only one in four of those children are getting any solid financial education from their parents. That's not good. Help is on the way as today, Dave is going to help you parents out there to become better at raising your children to understand how money works. So let's get started. Good day and welcome to the Save Like Dave podcast, where we are on a mission to help you save and win with your money on almost any income level. Dave retired at 55, traveled the world, and lived abundantly, all while making well under $50,000 a year his entire career. Now it's your turn. Let's take your financial dreams to the next level. Today's episode is the part two of Kids and Money. Dave wants to make sure that all you parents out there are comfortable teaching your kids about money. And so uh, Dave has more to share on today's episode. Well, thank you, Nate. And thank you, everyone, for listening to my podcast. This is part two of uh, Kids and Money. It is different from the first one, but it's related to raising children that become uh, wise with their money. Today, I want to discuss a topic that is near and dear to my heart, and that is to help people become savers and not spenders. More specifically, today I'm going to talk about how you can raise your children or others in your life to be successful financially by being more of a saver than a spender. Now, teaching your children to eat more fruits and vegetables or keeping them from wailing because they can't have that new toy at the store can be tough. Young kids are, well, they're young and they have to learn these things. Their little emotions can take over and not comprehend the why that they can't eat that candy bar or have that toy right now. Yet, we all hope and expect that those kids will be wise with their money when they become adults. We just expect them to delay gratification or make a budget and save their money. Well, you can guess where I'm going here, right? It's just not going to happen. You or someone in their life will need to put in the time to teach them the basics of personal finance if you want them to have a chance to win with money. You know, just think about it. Kids go to school for a minimum of 12 years and they learn a lot of different subjects from math to science, you know, reading, writing, arithmetic kind of things. But as we mentioned in the other podcast, very, very few are getting a financial education or more specifically personal finance. Yeah, I know growing up, all my friends when I was in high school, very few of them actually had any financial conversations with their parents. You know, maybe they taught them to be a good human or to eat well at the table right. or eat healthy or go out and play, but so few of them even understood the concept of saving. Yeah, and so that would uh, you know hold true to what the uh, survey said that basically three quarters of the kids are not getting that education from their parents, and uh, shame on us parents because this particular skill is as important as many many others. You know, for different reasons. I mean, obviously, eating well and and is super important for a long life for good health. It's just the right thing to do. But in this other area of finance, personal finance, I personally think that's a really important skill to learn for their entire lives. They need to know the basics of financial planning, 
how to save for certain things without going into debt, you know, so on and so forth. There's a lot that uh, they need to know about to be successful humans. So to change that little person from a consumer to a saver is serious business. And it will take time and it will take work on your part, but it is also very rewarding. You know, I have two children and I can just speak for me, of course, but I've been really, really thankful for my children as as adults and they're young adults now. And both of them have grown in maturity and become good, productive citizens. And I'm very thankful for that. And you as well as you train your children up to be good humans, it's very rewarding and it's very important. And what I'm trying to say is, please make sure you add this financial part to that raising your children element. Now, learning these skills vary by maturity level, of course. But as Nate said earlier, they begin to learn money habits as early as seven years old. As an example, you could use when they are young is bring them along when you're grocery shopping and let them compare pricing for comparable items. Have them see the price differences and discuss why one is more than the other. You know, just think about that. You know, you got to go to the grocery store and most people go once a week. And if you started as early as seven, you could start with the real basics and have them, you know, look at the eggs and the canned food and see the unit prices on the, the shelves and have a discussion with them on why is one can of corn X and the other one is Y. Why would one be so much more? And, uh, you know, you could talk about labels, the the different brands. Usually the branded items are going to cost more than the store produced items. And it could be the same thing. And and we all know that, you know, that uh, store items in like, say, cereal or canned goods, the Kroger's of the world, the uh, Fred Meyer's of the world, their prices could probably be the exact same product, but they're going to be less. And so this is a teachable moment when you could teach your little one why. Another example that can help you to be able to teach your children is the idea of piggy banks. And that's probably a, uh, a very dated thing. And maybe I could ask you, Nate, do you even remember piggy banks? You know, it's funny because there is actually a, a funny little piggy bank. I don't know if you remember it, but you put in 25 cents and it goes down into the mouth of this little, I don't even know how to explain it, but basically this little figurine and the little thing dances. Yeah, and I do remember that. It chomps. I actually <laughs> still have it. I should put it on my desk, but yeah. uh, I think it made it fun. And to that point, I, I, I think the idea of piggy banks and envelope system and all these sort of things where kids can actually touch and feel the money and see it go up in value over time. I think that's what made saving and investing fun for me when I was a kid growing up is you actually, you showed the the exciting parts of it. I could touch it, I could see it, and, yep. and you actually gave examples of, of how much it can be worth if you invest it here. Yeah. And, and over time, when you're putting those little single quarters in, you'd actually see a chunk of quarters in that machine and you can see you're actually making headway. That's a good one, Nate. I actually forgot about that, but I do remember it now. All right. So piggy banks, they can be a great way to teach delayed gratification. And uh, what Nate was just talking about, he had a little electronic one. He'd put the quarter in it would drop into the little saving area and it would do it like a little dance. So that was a way, just a simple way. And more traditional piggy banks are just basically a porcelain object that looks like a, a pig or an animal of some kind. It doesn't even matter what it is, but you drop it in, you hear it clink into the can. And after you get a full amount of change, there's a little rubber thing at the bottom where you can pop it off and, and all your money drops out. 
So that's uh, one way to show a younger person to delay that gratification. You know, let's just say they want to buy that latest toy or maybe they're older and they want to buy sneakers. You know, you could just set up a jar and have them drop their uh, their babysitting money or their lawn mowing money or allowances if they get allowances into that. And uh, over time, they'll start to see that accumulate and then they can go ahead and buy that thing that they wanted. And that's going to teach them that money doesn't grow on trees. You have to earn it or your parents have to earn it. It has to be an allowance, you know, depending on what you do. But it teaches them delayed gratification. And that's such an important skill in this area of personal finance. Now, the piggy banks. This, of course, would work for little ones wanting dad or mom to buy that toy they see on a trip to the store. You can give them coins or larger bills, depending on the age, as an allowance or for work that they do around the house. Having them see money grow in the piggy bank teaches valuable lessons on patience and the value of hard work. Skills like this will last a lifetime. The next little element I want to talk about is generosity. You know, generosity is another related skill that you want to address with your kids as they grow. If they get a new toy, you could have them choose one they already have to give it to a charity. Or they could pick up something from the grocery store, some food item from your pantry or when you're shopping and give that to a food bank. These little lessons will teach them about being generous and on their journey in life, they'll learn to be good people, good, well-balanced people and not selfish people. When your children become around junior high age, they can begin to learn about different values of money and how to make change, for example. And I know you and I don't even think about that now as adults, but when you're a little person, you know, you don't even understand the concept of money. You know, the difference between a dollar bill and a $20 bill hardly makes sense, right? But as they get to a certain age, they need to learn those little skills. And that's something easily you can teach them. You can set up like a little mini store in your house just for fun or just play Monopoly with them for that much. It just teaches you a little bit more about finance. Also at the junior high age, they can learn about short and long-term goal setting. For example, they could save for a baseball hat or a top that they like that they start a store and they can use their allowance. At this age, some of the kids get paper routes. Well, I shouldn't say that. Maybe they don't even have paper routes anymore, but uh, I know, Nate, you had a paper route. But there's other jobs you can do. There's mowing lawns, there's babysitting. So when they get to that age, they can work towards getting more long-term things like they might want to save for a bike or a computer. So you can see the progression here. When they're a little person going to the store, say a grocery store or, you know, retail store, whatever, they learn the basics about products, why one is more than the other. But once they get a little older, they're becoming more mature and they're going to have a better understanding of personal finance. Then their goals change just like we as adults do. And so in this example, you could teach them by, you know, getting a small job or having an allowance to save for bigger things like in this case, a bike or a computer. Also at this age, you can set them up with a savings account at the local bank. And as I've mentioned, this is a critical lesson that I learned about saving. That junior high age is a great time to encourage your kids to think entrepreneurially. Now, Nate, I'm going to put you on the spot here. But as we're talking about junior high kids, it really is a really important time for kids to mature emotionally, physically, and in this case, financially. And you did some things that I remember very clearly when you were junior high age and maybe a little bit older, but I want you to just share a little bit with the people that listen. What are the, some of the things you did as an entrepreneur? Yeah, that's uh, 
That's a good point, you know, and I think it all started with one other thing I think you did well as a parent is I wasn't spoiled. I wasn't just given whatever I wanted. And so you gave me kind of that desire to value things and to value the money that I did make. And so I know some of the businesses that I started, starting from when I was a, a young kid, I, I sold candy bars and sodas at a local garage sale just by talking to the neighbor down the street to see if I could sell those candy bars at the garage sale and made some money off that. I know with a, one of my good friends who was next door, we had a car washing business where we'd walk around the neighborhood with our wheelbarrow of supplies and just ask anyone if they needed their car washed and made some money that way. I sold Nikes online, Air Force Ones at one time. And the last thing I can think of is I even started a game with some of my friends where I created essentially Survivor that was played in one day. So a lot of different things. I guess I had kind of that entrepreneurial gene in me. I always wanted to create something and that's kind of led to the business that I've created now with my wife. But that has probably all started at an early age when you showed me kind of the value of money and saving and investing and just valuing that, I guess. Well, thanks, Nate. And uh, you just put a smile on my face when I thought about those days in mostly junior high area and uh, how you and your buddy, especially just you're always out there thinking of ways to make a buck. And in the process, you learn the value of money and you learn skills, people skills. And, you know, if you're if your child is more uh, introverted kind of person, uh, things like this will teach them to how to get out in the business world, how to talk to people one-on-one, -on -one, and it develops skills in them that they'll use the rest of their life. And as Nate just briefly mentioned, they have their own online business. Uh, they teach Spanish online. And uh, that's part of uh, Nate and his wife, Andrea's uh, entrepreneurial spirit. And uh, they have been very successful in, in, in figuring out a business that they could run on their own. And they, they have more freedom and opportunities to do other things by having that business as an online business. All right. So once those uh, little people enter high school, they can, you know, they're maturing and, you know, getting more knowledgeable. They could begin to learn the basics of investing in retirement accounts, CDs, stocks, and mutual funds. So once they have a, quote, real job, you can have them save up so that they can buy stock in the company that sells their favorite sneakers or sells their favorite fast food, as examples. And I know, I, I remember, I don't know if you did this, Nate, but I think Kara got like one share of Disney stock. You know, again, she was junior high. I can't remember the circumstances. But what that does is, you know, you could have one of your children find out what they like, what are they interested in. And let's give an example of uh, they love Nikes, like the ones that Nate sold. Well, you could have them do research, you know, go online and do a little, quote, mini report on Nike, the company. And, you know, tell them, you know, if you, you know, do your research, if you think it's a good company, come share with me about it. And if it's a good fit, I'll give you some money and you can, you know, buy, a, you know, a share or two of Nike stock. And that's a way to get them interested in personal finance as far as in the, you know, the stock buying and selling process. The examples of you having a teachable moment with your kids about money are endless. The point here is that you, the parents, are the best one to teach them, even better if you teach them by example. If you have kids, you already know that most of their learning is caught and not taught. They will see by your example the right or wrong way to doing things, and teaching them about finance is critical. It is a lifelong skill that can have a profound effect on their lives. 
By taking the time to teach them age-appropriate lessons on money, they will learn to be savers and not just spenders. And today I gave you just a, just a little small snippet of examples of you know, age-appropriate skills they can learn about personal finance. Yeah, and I really like how you mentioned that uh, most of their learning is caught, not taught. And isn't that the truth? Ultimately, you know, if you had just told me, hey, you need to save, you need to invest, you, you know, you shouldn't be buying all these things, that'd be one thing. But if you went out and did it otherwise and were always buying things or had all these gifts, well, then I probably wouldn't have actually valued them as much. Yep. So a lot of that, it, it comes down to you actually live that out as far as saving and investing as well. So you as a parent, if you're a parent listening, that's a good reminder as well that your kids, obviously, as you know, if you have young kids at any age, you see that they naturally just start doing whatever you do or say the things that you say. Yeah. Boy, that is so true. You know, we have uh, three grandchildren, uh, two three-year-olds and a seven-month-old. And we go over and visit uh, my daughter and her children. And the little three-year-olds are old enough now to basically have a little conversation with you. And they'll like verbatim say what their mother or father said. And you know, you just absolutely know a six-word sentence that their mom or dad told them because they repeat it right back. <laughs> like they just, their little brain, they're learning like crazy. And so my point is, as just the same as Nate, you have an incredible influence on your children. And uh, you know what, you want to be the best parent you can be to those kids. So make sure this part is also part of your training your children on the way that they should go. All right, let's finish with three points I want to emphasize, and then I'll give you something to do to take action. The first one is, just as you teach your children the importance of eating your fruits and vegetables, teach the importance of understanding the value of money. Second, kids learn about money as early as the age seven. Teaching them age-appropriate lessons can be fun and very rewarding to both the kids and the parents. And the third one is to be savers and not spenders requires you to become educated on the subject. Teaching the littles about money will be skills they will use their whole lives. And for your actionable item today, here it is. One last thing on teaching your kids about money. If you think they are not listening, think again. They are watching and listening to your every move. Be the dad or mom you are meant to be in this area and they will win with money. Yeah, exactly. Such a good point. And as always, we ask you to be the change that you want to see in this world, right? And uh, so that wraps up today's episode. It was a part two of Kids and Money. On the next podcast, Dave is going to go back to the basics and talk about stocks and more specifically, how much you should have in any individual stock. Are you already invested in the market? Do you have a huge position in your company stock? Tune in next time and hear what Dave has to say. Lastly, we want to remind you to leave us a review on your podcast choice. And also, if you have a question or anything that financially related, maybe you're struggling with saving or struggling to put down a, a plan to save, well, reach out to Dave. He offers a free service at savelikedave.com. There's a contact us form and you can always reach out to him there. And as always, we like to end with a scripture verse. Well, thank you, Nate. And I'm going to end with Proverbs 28, verse 20. That is from the Old Testament. Proverbs 28, 20 says, A faithful man will abound with blessings, but whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. <laughs>